0: Hey everyone, hope everyone is having a really awesome day. I'm always excited to get on here and do the podcast, just so much uh, goodness around and people who are doing amazing things out in the world and uh, that is no different today than our guest Nelson Toriano, who uh, we get to have a nice discussion about his book, For the Fit But Poor Personal Trainer and learn a little bit more into the insight about how we came up with the book. And really, uh, it's a good discussion about the personal training business, the health and wellness business in general. So if you're listening to this and you're in the business, uh, it's definitely a must listen. Uh, But also, I just love learning about people in general, their pathways and how they got to where they are. So um, we're going to be jumping into the conversation with Nelson. Again, if you are enjoying this podcast, Please subscribe on Apple iTunes and write a brief review if you would like. Good or bad, I take it all. I'd love the feedback and enjoy to learn about what the audience thinks about the show. So without further ado, please welcome Nelson Toriano.
1: Hello, Dr. Darren. Nelson. Yes. Hi. How are you doing?
0: I'm good, and yourself?
1: Doing well, thank you.
0: Oh man, thanks for taking with me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no
1: problem. Thank you for your time. I'm excited about the opportunity to speak with you.
0: Yeah, well, one thanks also. This is a thank you fest right now <laughs> <laughs> going on. You reached out to me on LinkedIn yes. and about you know your book, which I want to get into. And I read it. I read the entire thing and you know wrote a review. I was happy to do it. Thank you. Um Juan, I want to get a little bit ba- of uh no problem, some background uh for you in terms of being in the fitness exercise business. Um, what were your motivations for getting into it? Yeah.
1: Um
0: well I graduated um from University
1: of San Francisco back in two thousand three, and I actually had no background in kinesiology or physiology or nothing. Um I actually uh, wanted to go into journalism. So at the time, I was living with my parents and I was uh, working at San Francisco Chronicle. um, But specifically, I have a journalism and business background. So I was working in their advertising department back in the day. Um, I crossed paths with uh, an old friend from high school. And at the time, she was teaching kickboxing classes. And I was like, you know, Um, I should get a gym membership. You know, I'm not in college anymore. I don't get the access to the gym. So I need to join a gym anyway. And I started taking her classes and I just fell in love with um, the group fitness feel. Um, One thing led to another and she started mentoring me. And then I got my certification in group fitness and started getting my own classes. So that ended up being more of a hobby. Eventually it turned into a side hustle. I started uh, getting more classes and teaching on the weekends um, but still, that was not my primary focus. It was just more of a passion. Um, in my professional career, I started developing myself into uh, search engine optimization. So my career led me into advertising and marketing, but more technology as the as the landscape yeah. started evolving. Um, and then after about ten, almost eleven years within the corporate fitness or corporate world, I should say, there was um, a part of me that was yearning for something else you know i deep down inside emotionally i I started feeling a little empty um the workplace that i was at was busy like any other technology company but there was this um emptiness that i felt that professionally wise i was not self-actualized and i really 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 always loved working out you know um Luckily, with all the teaching and the network that I had, I, I had the opportunity to switch my career focus and focus fitness full-time and um, business and corporate uh, marketing part-time. So I started doing that. Um, that happened about six years ago. So, um, so I'm full-time in fitness uh, for that long. Right now, I'm working in corporate fitness. So a lot of the places that uh, I operate out of are within the fitness centers located on corporate companies and I'm based in Silicon Valley. So it's very common for a lot of these technology companies to have fitness centers on site for their employees.
0: Yeah. I'm there. So, so what did you realize when you first started doing or getting into the business that kind of put the book in motion for you? Money. Oh man. <laughs> <Of> course, money. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. you're in San Francisco too. It's expensive. Oh my God.
1: There, right? It is exorbitantly high. It is just, unreal I mean a studio anywhere actually once I think a single bedroom apartment is about four thousand dollars in Silicon Valley or something it is nuts and I remember in our area we attract a lot of people from around the world so when people are relocating over here they don't think these numbers for rent is real numbers. They don't see that. They're all like, this, is, this has got to be a joke. I'm like, no, that is real. This is the cost of living to live in this uh, part of the world. Um. So I remember interviewing for one of the fitness center manager jobs and she had to lean into me. And she's like, you know that you're taking a pay cut, leaving the tech world. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Uh, Look, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have my finances in yeah. order or anything. Um, right. But it was... It was, it was the money and the more that I, I started progressing and getting to know more personal trainers and see you know, the, the uh, disparity of income and the disparity of education. A lot of the personal trainers do not have that business background and don't come from a finance or accounting background so they don't have a lot of awareness. Um, people who do have wealth and people who don't, don't have wealth. Um, so the, the differences couldn't be any more apparent as I progressed.
0: Right, right. You know, I've been in the business for, gosh, almost 20 years now. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I think, you know, I noticed that so many of my colleagues, they end up dropping out of the business pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And it's staggering, the statistics about it. You know, they end up getting into like insurance or real Mm -hmm. estate and whatever variety of careers, you know, they want stability. And, you know, they're just hustling nonstop day and night and just get really burned out about it. So... Um, so the, so tell me about kind of like forming the book, the, the money was the idea. Mm-hmm. How did, what was, what was the next step in terms of the formation of it that were the idea?
1: Um, first just brainstorming everything that I learned, uh, from, and I, oh, actually right about two to three years after I graduated Finished my bachelor's. Um, I I pursued my MBA, and that was another three years. So I actually come from a graduate business degree. So I started um, storyboarding and putting all these ideas down because I I intentionally wanted to write a book. Kind of had a rough idea that I wanted to gear it toward personal trainers. Then I picked up Robert Kiyosaki, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, and that led me into the cash flow quadrant. Yeah. Um, that book gave me the framework to discern, okay, these are the four different roles that I can easily explain to a personal trainer. And that is very common in the personal training world. You can be an employee, you can be self-employed. Um, and the two nuances that are a little different that I want to expand a personal trainer's mindset to see is You can be a business owner. That's going to be the owner of a gym, for example, or a mm-hmm. social media influencer. You actually own something, but your work is done through a team. And then there's the investor. And this is, that's, the, that's a different um, entity that I want personal trainers to see, and I want everyone to see, actually. When you're employed by somebody, there's someone at the top. And even then, that person has to report to someone else. There's actual money going right. into the company. There's investors. There was such thing as an IPO. But a lot of these people who are actually funding your employer um, aren't necessarily from the fitness background. And so the more I started talking about that, the whole book started coming into fruition. And then, oh, this person needs to know this detail. And everything just started, or started organizing itself, I should say.
0: So what was the most challenging part about putting the book together?
1: Um, making... Certain concepts, certain business concepts relevant to the personal trainer to the point I don't lose them.
0: <laughs> okay. Knowing that yeah. I'm sp-
1: talking to a specific audience. So it's easy, relatively easy for me to go back and forth between the two audiences. Um, one in the business world, you have to know numbers, you have to speak numbers, you have to speak accounting and finance and think of um, economics. And for sure. At times it can be really, really, really dry. Oftentimes, we're not even moving. We're looking at PowerPoint presentations or Excel spreadsheets. Um, I have the stamina for that. Now, in the personal training world and fitness world, you're more hands-on, different type of learning. You have to be in front of people. You're constantly talking and you're constantly touching. You're in an environment where there's a lot of activity. Right. So sitting that person down and explaining numbers is kind of a I, I I got some looks. <laughs> I got some, some, I got yeah. some courtesy. Um, like it's it's great that you know that, but it doesn't seem like it's applicable for me. So trying to take the most important business concepts right. and drawing it as an analogy. I say this is, you know, when you're taking a look at a financial statement, it's like looking at a report card for your client. You're looking at the health of something, and here's are the indicators, and this is what it means. Um, so trying to translate it between the two different languages. There's pers- there's fitness and there's business. Right mm-hmm.
0: now, what has been the response by by trainers? Or I, I imagine you've probably sent it to several trainers mm-hmm. and you know, reviews and uh, people purchase. Like, what's been the response? Good or bad so far from people?
1: Um, so far, I haven't heard any bad things. <laughs> I'll start out with mm-hmm. that. That's good. I get I a lot of courtesy. I was like, you know, this is, this is interesting. And like, it's more people don't know how to relate to it. Um, the positive is... In
0: what way? What do you mean like they don't know how to relate to it?
1: They're really turned off by finance. They're really turned off by accounting. And I think it is the fear. And I think it is the stereotype that it's, these topics are only reserved for people with business backgrounds. These, the, the, yeah. yeah. These, the accounting is only important if I was interested in becoming a CPA or something, but I'm not interested in running a business. I just want to be a good personal trainer, but they don't see right. that mindset is limiting to themselves only being as an employee and working for someone, being a great personal trainer, which is good, but right. I did meet some personal trainers who also kind of contradicted themselves and say, you know, I want to open my own gym or I want to be an online coach or I want to do all of this. I'm like, well, That's a that that's a business. (laughs) That's a business. That is a business. So you might want to start practicing the language of business and start expanding your vernacular Um, of the positive of the positive reviews. And I've got a lot more of that. Um, Even some people I don't even know they forwarded the book along. Um, They said that they wish they had this when they first began. Because I do go into detail yes. of, you know, taxes, how to add value. If your career path mm-hmm. really speaks to you as an employee, here's how to add value and get the most out of your paycheck. Um, but if you deep down inside emotionally feel like you want to pursue something bigger, um, here's a platform. Here, let me introduce you to what a business plan is. It's a template. You can literally do it on your own. Um, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback saying that they, they, they didn't even know how economics worked in their capacity. yeah. Um, So like, oh, this is what, this is what FICA means on my paycheck. I'm like, yeah, that's that's (laughs) social security or um, like Mm. no one really sat me down and explained to me what a personal net worth statement was. All I know is I have to do it. I just don't know what it is. I'm like, let me explain it to you, sit you down. So um, more positive than negative, I should say.
0: (laughs) What's interesting is, you know, for my own personal perspective, reading the book was, it was very familiar to me, mm-hmm. actually reading everything, one um, well, is as I've been in the business a long time. But two, because I had a lot of training in the business, the financial literacy of running businesses, because I had done – and my current business, besides training, is a spa, fitness, and recreation uh, consulting and management company mm-hmm. – and so we actually do the business planning. The pro mm-hmm. as is one part of our business for people. Our five-year plan. so understanding, you know, payroll tax, right. administrative fees, the whole thing, and based off of different states, that's different. Workers' compensation, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I, and so for me, I was like, okay, I, this is my language. I understand this language, but I, I talk to so many people who are like that is a foreign language. Yeah, to them. and yeah. it's weird when people say, I want to open a gym. And they think their passion for opening a gym is what's going to make it successful, and you're gonna, people are going to be so excited about this idea. Yeah. But then they don't understand. They don't understand their overhead. They don't understand the labor costs and mm-hmm. things of that mm-hmm. nature. And and then it's like, well, I'm losing money. I'm like, well, you didn't have a plan. You just yeah. wanted to open a gym. Yeah. You exactly.
1: Know? Exactly. Uh, when I was talking to uh, a couple of personal trainers who aren't in that. Um, and that's state in their careers where they they do want to expand and they do want to do something on their own. Um, I did notice just in the industry alone, that a lot of the education will focus on training the personal trainers to be a great trainer, rightfully. So all of the connect, all of the physiology anatomy and all of that. Um, And then the education will go into sales and marketing and how to obtain more clients, which is also really wonderful. Um, But then it kind of stops beyond that. And If you want to learn about how to open up business or, uh, go into specific departments of any type of company and really develop your language within that capacity, the, the fitness industry doesn't offer it. You have to segue into different realms. Um, when, when i was talking to a, per, a, a specific personal trainer and explaining to her when you develop a company a company is not just sales and marketing there's executive management there is logistics right. and procurement there's legal <laughs> don't forget that part of course a big yeah. part yeah. Um, so uh, an entrepreneur has to wear several different hats so it is a learning curve for a personal trainer to become a business owner but it's it can be done. You just have to take a step back and and be very strategic at what you have to study.
0: Besides the financial literacy of, you know, understanding, you know, being, you know, self-employed employee, business owner, what do you think the other, what do you think are the biggest challenges for trainers moving forward in the business and find, you know, what, what do you see? I mean, you wrote the book's good. And by the way, it's, It's for the fit, but poor personal trainer. name of the book. And what do you see moving forward or or areas that the business of training needs to continue to move forward and to become more successful?
1: I think one, um, is there is a stereotype when personal trainers open the business that a business is often visualized as a gym and not Mm. every personal trainer wants to open a gym. Not every personal trainer wants to open a brick and mortar, um, Back in the day, there was no such thing as a social media influencer. Um, Mm -hmm. There's nowadays. There's online coaching. A lot of people have figured out that the overhead costs are significantly less if you go online. Exactly. Yep. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's other personal trainers who are wonderful at designing their own uh, uh, programs and marketing it, and they work and they have clients. Um, So people want to be open up the business and and that kind of thing. Maybe they want to invent something. So just even taking that stereotype out, when you open a company, it doesn't reference to only the brick and mortar model. You can literally be anything and do anything because you have a, your own specific voice. So encouraging that personal trainer to um, pursue whatever vision they have for their own personal career, um, you know, let's do it. I'll just teach you the basics of the fundamentals that um, you design it yourself, I think.
0: Now, what do you think in this new age with you know, social media influencers and business that way. What are the maybe the positives and what are the pitfalls of a trainer getting into that version of the business?
1: With social media influence, I have noticed that it's their own personal brand, um, and a lot of celebrities do it, and it, it's a is a business model that works. Um, the personal trainer who wants to become their own personal brand has to also think. Ten years from mine. Twenty years going into retirement. Yes. Um, there's a longevity. There's a short shelf life for being your own personal brand if that is your face and that is <laughs> what people
0: are. That's very doing. interesting.
1: So that yeah. is very
0: interesting. I don't think anybody thinks about it yeah. that way. I think. You don't think about hey, well, is this sustainable for me over like 20 exactly, years? Exactly.
1: Exactly. And as much as our bodies and and our presence and our knowledge base evolves, so will our customers. So will that current market. So right now, whatever is trending right now, it's not going to be trending in 10 years. And there's going to be a yeah. different mindset of consumers and they're going to have a different mindset. So according to the product lifecycle, if you you are our, your own product, You know, there's going to be a point in diminishing returns in in, in how marketable you really are. So maybe you should be proactive and start looking at longevity. Maybe you should be, you know, licensing products. Maybe you should turn your lifestyle Mm -hmm. blog and uh, turn it into, I don't know, into books or multimedia or developing teams. So branching out into other services and marketing um, uh, capacities to take your brand, but Be prepared. You need you'll need to evolve to make it long and last about 20, 30 years up into retirement. Well
0: so I want you to talk a little bit more about that. I love that in the book about the basically the product life cycle. Mm -hmm. Um just explain that a little bit more for you know people who are going to be listening because I think it's a pretty I thought it was very well presented. And I also thought that it's something that a lot of people don't think about the fact that, hey, it may be hot right now, but how do you continue to make it relevant as you know things move on? And especially in fitness, things change dramatically oh, yeah. very quickly. I mean, it's like. It's extremely. It turns on itself very mm-hmm. quickly in fitness. So explain that a little bit more. So
1: you can take the product life cycle to any trend, uh, um, any service. There's always going to be an introduction to the market, and um, the amount of time spent at each stage is a- always indeterminate. It's it's always going to be fluctuating, but usually there's four. There's an introduction phase. Um, there's a growth phase where it starts gaining a lot of popularity, saturation in the market, and people just love it and. T- referrals, and you just see a whole um, influx of interest. Then there's going to be a peak where the amount of interest is totally saturated. There cannot be any more people who are interested in that product or service. And then there's going to be a point of diminishing returns, and there's going to be a decline. There's going to be a lack of interest. Um, Trends, pick any trends, that's usually how it goes. It'll go up, and then it'll go down. And in terms of uh if if the trend or the product is is an actual business um for example and I'm, I hope I don't offend anybody any of the listeners but <laughs> let's say yeah. let's take zumba for example back in the day okay. zumba was introduced to the market and then they saw an explosion zumba was everywhere in commercial gyms and it was just non-stop and the classes got super super crowded but as time went on and the people who attended the classes got older and even the instructors got older and it's been around in the market for a while it reached the saturation point you know it's not as popular as it was before so when that trend started for lack of better words start losing its momentum um it has to evolve in order to make it sustainable and relevant to the Current market. So this is where it came out to Zumba Gold or Zumba with Weights or Zumba mm-hmm. Step started branching out and started trying to prolong the inevitable demise of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it, I have to put it out there because all good things do, oh, do come to an end. It does. And I've seen we've seen it in The Master and Taibo. And even though we laugh about it now, it was a legit fitness trend. And there was a peak yeah. and then it disappeared. And so, whatever is trending right now, you know, I'm turning 38. If I'm 48, whatever's popular now is not going to necessarily be popular it will in not 10 be. years. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, it's interesting. You can kind of, I always, you know, you know that whole term kind of like jump the shark, mm-hmm.
1: the
0: whole thing. I feel like fitness does that all the time. And since that, or exercises, you know, let's take, like you said, Zumba, for example as I remember that explosion, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. And, but then you think, I always think the jump the shark moment is when a company starts trying to become something it's not. You know, when you start adding weights with Zumba and doing all this other stuff, it's like, "Mm, it probably wasn't intended to be that at that point. Yeah. Um, But then it just kind of turned into that whole system Mm -hmm. there. And it's like, I always wonder, like, is it's good to try to morph into different things, but what happens when that morphing becomes goes away from what you actually are as a business. Yeah. You know? And
1: then you start losing what your in, original intention was. Um, so right. important when you develop your business plan to figure out what your mission statement is <laughs> and figure out your own purpose, because yes. it keeps you in line and keeps the parameters consistent with the market. Um, if you are your own personal brand, you yourself, your business, you have to have a mission statement. People have to associate your face yeah. with a particular intention or purpose in the market but if you start evolving and going into – and started segueing into things, you know, are totally random, it can be construed as, okay, you're just trying to hang on in there.
0: <laughs> you're a, trying to hang on, it's yeah. It's appreciated,
1: but um, you're deviating away from what you originally intended.
0: And I, I think that's always been something for me It's just like – and I've talked to so many people about this, like, what, what's been – what was your original thing? What are you giving a lot of effort to that you just love? And you can produce regularly. And it's good to obviously move with the times and try to say, hey, how do I evolve what I'm doing? But I think if it's like too far outside of what you're doing, mm-hmm. it just it's kind of like maybe this isn't a great example. But like like I, I've had some like Samsung TVs and they've been pretty good TVs. Mm-hmm. But I tried to get a refrigerator and it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> And then I've had a lot of people say Samsung refrigerators are horrible. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't they just stick to making TVs and stuff? Yeah, like <laughs> it's yeah. It's like, or some company wants to become the next Apple. Like, I want to do a phone. Mm-hmm. Let's do a phone. It's like, okay, well, are you similar to that? Or, you know, electric cars, companies mm-hmm. trying to get into the electric car game and they're not Tesla. Mm-hmm. You know, or they're trying to become Tesla. It's like, okay, where do you fit in? Yeah. And it's okay if you're not Tesla. Yeah. If you're not Apple, yeah. you gotta be, What? where, where are you going? Yes, yeah. you know, type of thing. And I think sometimes it's, it becomes too much of a, okay, now we're TRX. We do this. Now let's get into a different version of TRX. Yeah. Now we're gonna make this and that. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, once enough is yeah. enough. You
1: know? <laughs> I'm from uh, one of the formats that I teach is yoga. So I have my, I have my 200 hours. Um, I love it. It's great. And it's, uh, over time I've seen the random interpretations of yoga. <laughs> <That's a nice laughs> yeah. way of it. The random interpretations. Yeah. Like the goats and beer and Seriously, rage. what is that? What's
0: the goat yoga? I d- what is I that? don't
1: know. And some people interpret it that way and it, you know, you do you okay <laughs> but,
0: that's not going to last yeah. though Goat yoga i mean come yeah on. some <laughs> <I'm> trends
1: like, <laughs> like okay you, you know your 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 self life is very short <laughs> but
0: yeah yeah <laughs> it's just weird like oh, it's like laughing yoga goat yoga yeah. you
1: know i've seen what weird I seen one that was like rage yoga which is kind of an oxymoron but
0: isn't that the opposite of like what Joey yeah <laughs> so
1: in, in, in the fitness world, you see all these random trends and everyone wants the spotlight for that hot second, but, you know, okay. <laughs> <The> hot second.
0: <laughs> it's definitely the hot second. But I think what's interesting as you start getting into the, the kind of the online formats, as you see like the rise of, you know, Peloton and mm-hmm. I see commercials for Mirror and stuff like that. What are the implications for that business-wise for trainers, do you think?
1: One, know it. <laughs>
0: one know that it is available um mm-hmm. speak, you have to be able to speak
1: upon it very well and um there's gonna be this this might what i'm about to say is uh, might go over some people's heads but they are your competition also it's yeah. uh, a, 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 the latest trend in the market is um what personal trainers need to, to also see is that personal training as a as a cost to the consumer is discretionary. A lot of people don't need mm-hmm. it. Uh, a lot of people want it. They would like to have it. Um, but if cost is super important to that customer, or even they're not even a customer yet to that person, a competitive advantage to Peloton and a lot of these online services is that they're convenient. They're at their home. Yep. They're delivered. They uh, could get their workout in thirty minutes to sixty minutes, and they could still do things like work from home or take care of their kids or do errands. Um, so that is an objection that a lot of personal trainers have to overcome is answering to the convenience of these new markets. Um, yeah. they're, they are your competitors.
0: They are competitors, mm-hmm. and uh, that is also my business. I have live on a live online personal training service, mm-hmm. and I train people from all over the planet using that live format, mm-hmm. and develop my own business from it. And it is it has created tremendous freedom for me because I'm at home mm-hmm. all the time, or I'm at the beach, and I my lifestyle is I control my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. A gym doesn't control my mm-hmm. lifestyle. I'm not beholden to that. And so you're right; it is it is competition. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure it's built for everybody to get in that space, right. in my opinion. Yeah. I think that's another thing for trainers is understanding what aspect of the business works for you. Like people want to open gyms, they shouldn't be gym owners. Some. Mm-hmm.
1: You know? Mm-hmm. and no. i think also the personal trainer needs to, needs to do a lot of homework on him or herself also and design a career that really speaks to them and that's i in my opinion that's the only way that personal trainer is going to be successful is one understand your calling two develop a plan in order to make that calling happen and self-actualize and it may it may not include online coaching it may really be opening a brick and mortar it may be inventing something right so every personal trainer is going to be different um it's 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 understanding strategically how to uh, execute upon your own career plan
0: so what do you think you know for you you have this book are you planning on are you planning on doing follow-up books i know in this book there's really not an emphasis on like selling Mm -hmm. training you know you make it very clear this is not about selling the, the service is that Maybe the next foray or what do you see next for you with uh, potential more books or whatever you're working on in relation to that? Funny you ask me that
1: because I have a lot of stuff I'm working on.
0: (laughs) Okay, man.
1: Well, first, um, I'm networking with uh, several professors and um, several uh, education companies for personal trainers and, and doing guest speaking. Um, taking, that, taking from wherever they last left off in uh, sales and marketing and business development and giving them more um, light into the accounting and financing and the everyday workings of it. So I'm working on guest speaking. Uh, uh, right now, I have a couple talks scheduled for universities. My target market is going to be undergraduates or graduates just starting off in the industry. Um, right. So if I can get them early and get them to see this is how to design a career, great. That's, that's my market. Um, I do plan on releasing another book that follows up and goes more into detail about uh, the personal income statement, uh, going into detail mm-hmm. about setting yourself up in terms of assets. So that kind of gives segues away from personal training a little bit, um, but making the concepts comprehensible. <laughs> this is okay. how real estate and paper assets work, and this is how investments work, and this is how you can actually set yourself up well financially financially. In the case your personal training career, goes sideways. You know, you may need to relocate. Some life event may happen um, that may compromise your ability to actually train someone. Thus, I want to make sure that you're safeguarded from a decrease of income. That's my second book, and I plan on, like, within the next year or two. Um, On my website right now, I'm in the process of finishing up an exam and getting that uh, um, approved for continuation uh, education units. Um, mm-hmm. So that's in the works. That's an online exam. Another educational product I'm launching is a webinar, and then the third one is actual guest speaking, and that should be approved for continuation education units as well.
0: And you're just moving and shaking, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, you're, it, it, you're just doing stuff. It's a,
1: it's an educational cause I I certainly believe in. I think it makes a difference um, for the industry. I think it is what it's it's what is lacking, um, and. I've been networking with a couple of people who, who agree, and I would love to partner with other people who are specializing in their area. You know, mm-hmm. I, there's tons of people who are wonderful and very resourceful in sales and marketing. It would only make sense if we partnered up together in order to provide a holistic, comprehensive educational plan for trainers.
0: So I wanted to ask you, too. Going, That's great. That's fantastic. I mean, you have a pathway. You definitely know where you want to go, which I think is wonderful but you know a lot of trainers don't they are just you know grinding hitting the pavement constantly and mm-hmm. just kind of get burnt out but where do you see the industry going we talked about 10 years from now it's the trend's not going to be different if you could look in that crystal ball and say here's what I see coming next potentially for fitness uh you know for personal training in the next 10 years what do you think that would be
1: um man uh, you know, a couple, couple predictions. When I look at Planet Fitness's business model, they're one of the few. They're one of the few that are actually publicly traded, so I can take. Um, I have. We all have easy access to the financial statements. Answering to mm-hmm. the. M- Answering to the people who are not being responsive to um, the whole gym culture, the stereotype of the gym culture, I should reference that. The grunting and the yelling and, and, and the super high energy, mm-hmm. um, I believe that will be a growing trend also. <laughs> I, I think plan to finish mm-hmm. is right now they're killing it. Uh, and people, can, yes, people can say whatever they want about their, their low membership costs. Um, but they really did fine tune their niche market, which is people who just want to go in for their one hour workout and leave. Um, yep. Uh, I do also believe there's going to be an increase in boutique, um, that are very specialized in CrossFit yoga, uh, and offering a specific service. Um, so less of the general fitness, um, increase in, um, Online services also, I believe that's going to be a far more sophisticated synchronization with technology where um, it's going to be one-on-one. There's going to be a marriage between online coaching and one-on-one interaction virtually and actually having the equipment at home like Peloton.
0: Um,
1: I think my fourth prediction is there's going to be a rise in um, prescription-based exercise and a lot of backing from the physicians, Um, so medical exercise Mm. as well. The way that our baby boomers are um, aging and then – I'm millennial right between generation X and millennial. So I want to be specific for some people, our bodies aren't changed are are changing as well. So we're in the process of aging as well. I think there's going to be a larger backing from the medical community and quantifying that um, where I think there's going to be a segue into getting exercise actually covered by insurance. So you think so so. Um, right now Mm. in physical therapy can be covered. Right. Um, But it's, it's only a matter of time that we see the actual benefits of exercise as preventative care um, and actually get backing for that right now. uh, So many, so many organizations say it's, it's good. It's recommended that you get exercise, but you're going to have to do it on your own. You're going to have to go get a gym membership on your own Um, with the rise of ailments of obesity and, and things that plague our country. There has to be more of an active initiative from the higher up. Oh,
0: I would think so. Mm-hmm. I would yeah, you know, I've had this discussion with a lot of people over time. And I think even with the covered bite insurance discussion, I often think though too, it's off you're also asking people to do something that's very counterintuitive to them. Mm-hmm. Exercise is not exactly exciting for a lot of people in the sense of really doing it and to cause a stimulus that will actually change their body yeah. for it you know, there's this, I don't know, I mean, it's just, I just throw it up in the air with it for a lot of people and say, you know, it's good to have discussion. But, you know, there's there's this whole thing of like, well, let's just make it fun, make it as fun as possible for people really enjoy it. But then I struggle with the science behind it, mm-hmm. having a lot of education in that, well, do these fun things provide enough of a stimulus to cause significant chronic changes mm-hmm. in a person mm-hmm. that they want? Mm-hmm. So there's kind of the element of like, Uh, We're not trying to bash Zumba here. This is not the thing, but I'm going to come back to (laughs) it. The problem with a lot of, I would say, your general exercise programs is that they don't promote overload at all. It's just the same routine over and over again. While it may be fun to do Zumba a couple times a week, three times a week, Mm -hmm. what's the actual physiological overload at some point? At some point, it's just activity that you're doing. And so I think that as human beings, we struggle with exercise in a sense, well, I want to make it fun, but I also want to make these dramatic changes to my body. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't occur without being uncomfortable and having some increase in the variables related to that mm-hmm. on some level, mm-hmm. you know, with that. So I think even even if it's covered, I, I push back on some level thinking, well, people people are still people. Mm-hmm and and they'll still sometimes find excuses to not show up even if they don't have to pay for it yeah type of yeah thing. that's the unfortunate cause it, it's, it's not true. like if you paid people to eat right they would just eat mm-hmm. they would because it's like part they love it it's fun it's enjoyable it's, it's it's communal yeah sometimes people like with exercise even if you make it free or it's kind of like oh i don't really want to do this today yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, i think it's a step in the right direction but it's like Then I think it becomes a behavioral issue. How do we attack it psychologically with people uh, with that? So I think it's a multi-layered step. I I like where it's going, Mm -hmm. but I also think sometimes people don't go to free dances. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes the cost of things is what makes people sometimes move to do things. Mm -hmm. Say, I'm paying for this. I want to make sure I get value Mm -hmm. out of it. Mm -hmm. So I think there's, I don't know, it's just a, it's, it's a very layered conversation. So,
1: yeah, very, I and mean, we could go on and on. And- <laughs> I mean, super layered. Huh? I
0: mean, I, I'm yeah. not saying that I'm right or you're no. whatever. I'm just saying that it's, there's just so many discussions. There's so many,
1: and there's so many people involved, and there's so many different um, uh, mindsets that we have to respond to. I know for me, it would, along that lines, to add on to that, um, making making even the basic Exercise is fun. Like, it's great. That, it, it's great that people are dancing and moving and that answers to increased yeah. activity. But we all know that, you know, there's nothing can replace a proper squat. You know, that, how right. about, you know, an overhead, putting your hands overhead and seeing if your lats are too yeah. tight. You know, there's going to be certain assessments. So making even things like assessments. Fun, and entertaining, and right? <laughs> and Ooh, yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Yeah, this assessments gonna last for a long time, and they could be super yes. boring and thus deterring. Um, yes, but you know, you, you, I, I have to, I have to be able to check your knees. <laughs> that's
0: yeah, yeah. I have
1: to see if you stand on it's one leg. Thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. It's just exercise is one of those things as it's become more mainstream. Mm-hmm. But then you have the opposite thing where you have like too much overload with activities that it's too hardcore, Mm -hmm. right? People are getting injured, Uh right? So then you have like this lack of overload. Then you have too much overload. And then you have studies being put out by different companies, whether they're well done or not, that people are intimidated by Yeah, They're scared.
1: They're scared to go to And that was their market. Right? Yeah. That was their whole thing, right? right. There's a a whole other pendulum swing to the other extreme, where people are are taking the, the the whole workout a little too seriously and right come down for a second
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, everybody's an athlete. Well, the thing is everybody's not an athlete, mm-hmm. and not everybody wants to train like that. I might like that, but I recognize that's not for, that's not for everyone, right. you know so I kind of look at it as like we're in this time it's great that it's out there, yeah, you know more and more people I mean you go and you know, if you go in a major city, you're gonna to see tons of fitness things. You're gonna see Orange oh, Theory, yeah. you're gonna see uh Spin Studio, you're gonna see Soul Cycle, I mean you're gonna see a yoga studio. I mean, it's like they're taking old malls now mm-hmm. and they're filling the malls with fitness spaces mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's good, but what I haven't seen in terms of statistics, it's not making more people work out. Mm-mm. It's not increasing that number, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. So what are we doing?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, to make a bigger impact, to make a more meaningful impact. And it's a challenge. And I think it's been an adage also is trying to get the people we don't see, uh, getting the people yes. who are still hiding in their homes. Who's, and we don't see uh, within those malls, within those spaces, uh, or even going to the gyms. It's, there's so many more people who are not active and how to get to them. That I I wouldn't have it now. It's a huge
0: percentage. I I was listening to a podcast, I think it was Freakonomics. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. And they had uh, Dr. Michael Joyner on who is awesome. You know, Mm -hmm. he's a exercise physiologist and a medical doctor. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. And he mentioned, he said, listen, I think the research is wrong. The reports from his research is we're saying 20% of people Exercise. He said, honestly. It's probably less than ten. It's probably less. It's less. He's like, we're fooling ourselves thinking it's twenty. It's less than ten. Yeah. And those ten percent are like the fit people. Mm -hmm. The fit people love more fitness coming out. That's what's helping people. Fitness people, it's helping. Mm
1: -hmm. And it's trying to reach out to people. Yeah, again, people we don't see.
0: People don't see. Yeah. Even in a planet fitness, I've been in a couple of times. I like to I like to go to places I don't normally mm-hmm. go when I'm traveling and say, Oh, I want to check this out. And I went to one and it was interesting. It was very very packed. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it was so funny the lack of energy was crazy.
1: Yeah, it can be really quiet.
0: <laughs> it's just quiet. <laughs> right? And then it's just like it almost feels this is gonna sound weird. Mm-hmm. It just feels like a morgue to me. Yeah, it's it's
1: odd. you have to put on your own music and be in your own world and- I think that's their yeah. stick. I think that's their thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was funny. It's just like, as as somebody who has a very you know a lot of education, a scientific angle to a lot of these things, is I look at a large, a huge packed gym with people walking on eight million treadmills, mm-hmm. and I think I bet they've been walking doing the same exact thing every single time they. Come
1: you are here. preaching to the choir. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I see it. Every
1: day of my life. <laughs> right? They're just people yeah. who will
0: default to what's comfortable for yeah. them.
1: Oh, in mean, my gyms, they love running. And then sometimes I ask them, like, "Well, how long have you been running? For, like, decades. I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I do anything else? And I had to tell them, I had to, like, you're, you're really athletic, you're a great runner, but, you know, one, you're going to have to take it. You're going to have to stretch, first of all. And two, do you Ever lift weights, and, then, and <laughs> so a lot of them get you're right. A lot of them will just default to their comfort zone, and so therefore their bodies never evolve. Their bodies never adapt. Right. Um, there is no change in the stimulus, and so as trainers, we know the importance of switching up your focus. Um, but it's also, I guess, that's another thing that we have to, as an industry, address is how to get people out of their comfort zones.
0: <laughs> right, and I'm not sure how you i mean i get the business model it's a tr- tremendously successful business model mm-hmm. but i'm not sure it's making people fitter mm-hmm. you know i don't i think it's just maybe attracting people at a lower price point but where's the guidance to actually get them to where they want to be mm-hmm. you know it's funny uh one of my colleagues amy ashmore she's uh, a professor and she was working at florida state and she does she's done a lot of research kind of the history of exercise and and in the business, she talks about how cardiovascular exercise is an ancient mechanism in human mm-hmm. beings. And that reason why we default to cardiovascular exercise is because it's an, it's an ancient mechanism for us is that we just, as we hunt and gather, is very cardiovascular based activity, mm-hmm. hunting for days and days and days to find something to eat. And we, we, we just default back to that. You know, lifting mm-hmm. things and re- external resistance is not very natural for people. Mm-hmm. For that, so, I mean, it was an interesting conversation about kind of the history of hunter and gathering mm-hmm. and things of that nature, but if you go to any gym, it's like a cardio city.
1: Oh, yeah. In
0: that place, you know?
1: I usually, even in a crowded day, I'm like, I don't have any problems getting my weights.
0: <laughs> no, no. people are intimidated yeah. by that, or they have wrong ideas about what it will do to their body. Yeah. And I just, I just wonder, like when I went in that Planet of fitness, I was like, man, this is like a morgue of treadmills. Mm-hmm. And I can, I guarantee if I did a survey, everybody who comes here regularly, they literally do the same exact miles per yep. hour, the same incline yep. and it's constant. Yep. And then their mind are thinking, well, I'm, I'm, I'm exercising. I'm like, mm, you're doing activity yeah. now because now there's no, there's no chronic adaptation.
1: Exactly. So now
0: you're just doing an activity exactly. regularly. You're not really exercising. You're just doing an activity. Right. You're moving, yeah. which is fine. But if you want to improve, something has to change. A variable has to change exactly. for exactly. that over time. Mm-hmm. You know, So so it's, it's hard for me to be in big gyms because I see it. I'm like, oh. It,
1: it kills you, huh? Doesn't it? <laughs> it's crazy, man.
0: You know, when I go in there, I'm doing all these functional movements, dynamic, progressive overload mm-hmm. And I look like a zebra mm-hmm. in these places. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that's pretty obvious. That guy's doing something very different. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just like, why am I the only person doing this? Uh, <laughs> like,
1: I manage several gyms and you're right, I see it every single day. And even of the people who do resistance, I will see the same people default to the most common exercises and anything, um, anything on the front. So the bench presses, the crunch. And I think give or take the leg press maybe (laughs) give or take i like and and biceps
0: those biceps yeah four
1: um like you know you have a back you know
0: (laughs) you have triceps but that doesn't look good yeah nobody's looking at your
1: back so yeah (laughs) so uh it's trying to get education out to out to
0: people (laughs) and out to personal trainers
1: about um something there's there's still missing pieces in the industry
0: yeah, so just yeah, I think in in general, exercise in itself is just a very counterintuitive activity. Yeah, uh, a, a thing for people to do. It's just you know when it's done, where there's and you're adding a stimulus that's greater than you used to, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And people, I get it. It's it's counterintuitive to do things that are not pleasurable mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. It's like why would I want to be in pain yeah. slightly or feel a discomfort? That's not something I want to feel.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know. I, I
0: voluntarily <laughs> you know? i tease
1: my classes all the time because i make them i make them do stuff that they don't want to do yeah <laughs> yeah i said well you're gonna have to work hard you i mean it is an appropriate setting to be in the gym and sweating you don't want to be sweating at your desk so that's yeah sure it here and this is what you do in the gym You're supposed to be pushing yourself. That's that's why you're here. This is what you do. It is common. Yeah,
0: you didn't come here to just hang out. Yeah, exactly. I
1: mean, (laughs) going to put in
0: work. Hopefully, right? And but what's funny is though, there are gyms. (laughs) There are gyms that are now becoming co-working spaces as well. Oh yeah. And I'm sure you're seeing in San Francisco where they're trying to get people in the gym to work to do their work Mm -hmm. there, and then maybe they'll work out because they're working. Mm -hmm the proximity of it so it's just these i see this new strategy of like okay let's get these let's get these guys who you know these tech guys or whatever they want to work on their laptop all day let's just put it in the gym (laughs) and then because they're so close to the gym because they're literally inside the gym they'll go work out right after that
1: it's not uncommon well there's the walking desk i mean you can it's a treadmill it's a desk on a treadmill um but if that company doesn't have it it's not uncommon for me to see people place their laptops on the treadmill while they're walking or even going uphill. Yeah. I and mean, then, you know, yeah. there's a thing, you could just walk away from your laptop. <laughs> <laughs> you could just go.
0: How could you have intensity, though, while yeah. you're, any type of intensity while you're on your laptop? Yeah. That's, well,
1: just put it away and go work out and then come back.
0: <laughs> it was kind of like I used to, um, I used to work really close with a lot of equipment companies, and one of them was TechnoGym. I used to tell the reps, I'm like, why do you guys put screens with, like, you can have Facebook and, like, check your email? Like, that seems so counterintuitive to what you're supposed to be Mm -hmm. doing on these machines. Mm -hmm. Well, technology, you know, people want the technology. I'm like, yeah, but isn't it about disconnecting versus, like, being connected to your device? Like it's counterintuitive.
1: I mean, we're complaining about people being glued to social media or even or, or even glued to their phones. Do you know the majority of the time I will walk through a gym and I will see people on their phones and I, I will give them the benefit of the doubt that they're scrolling through their playlist and trying to find a
0: good song? But sometimes they're on no the phone way. for a really long time. <laughs> Nelson, I'm, you're nice. You're being nice about it. You know? I'm guarantee you that's not happening. Yeah. Like, There's no way they're scrolling through their playlist. They're checking their email, they're yeah. looking at texts and stuff, taking phone calls.
1: Like you know? go lift the weight. Stop sitting on the bench. Do something on the bench. You know? <laughs> it's pretty bad. You it's know really how bad, bad it is, like
0: I'm at, you know, I'm a member of this resort where I live up here in Washington, and it's where I work out most of the time. And it's so bad with the phones that sometimes when I go in the locker room to get changed, there are people in there literally sitting naked texting. (laughs) Naked texting is happening in locker rooms everywhere across America. Naked texting, just, you know, everything's hanging out. And I'm like, listen, I didn't, I don't want to see this. Yeah.
1: and and i must be from a different world or something i i just put on my i listen to audiobooks uh so i put on my audiobook yeah. for an hour i do my thing i work out i'm in and out real quick i'm pretty focused but also i don't have that much uh, yeah. time <laughs> i need to sweat
0: which is funny though because uh you know i think there's this big myth that you have to spend a lot of time in the oh, gym yeah You know, like hours and hours, and you're just getting this, you know, you're talking about the product life cycle Mm -hmm. here. I mean, you're talking about, you know, people are shocked, you know, when I tell them about my exercise. I'm like, oh, I hit it hard. I'm in the gym way less than you, I guarantee. Mm -hmm. I don't have time to be be in the gym for two hours, three hours. I have things to do. This is not a social hour for me. You know, like it's, I need to get done what I need to get done, what my objective is for that day Exactly. for my you know, for my, the intensity, the, what I'm working on, I'm working on mobility, stability. Today. Oh yeah, is exactly. That's your strength. You know, it's, it's broken up into what I need to work right. on. It is not my time to be socializing and be there. I just don't get how you could be in a gym for three hours. Yeah. I don't understand that. M- move on, <laughs> move on Live your life.
1: They're, if you're yeah. bored,
0: th- there's more, better things to do to hang out. In the yeah. Gym. I'm not a gym rat. I'm not a gym rat like I'm, but I also tell people too, I'm like, Okay, have you ever actually timed the amount of time you actually work out mm-hmm. while you're there? It's it's not three hours. I'm telling you, it's not. Yeah, it can't be. It's it's probably like maybe forty minutes, and you're just dicking around. Exactly. Half the time. You know, you're
1: if you're if you're super focused and you're intentional about your workout, you can get everything you need to do for that day in an hour or less. Yeah, it's, and you just put and, your timer on, and you just you, you're fine. But you just mm-hmm. go,
0: and I think that that some people, it's just the amount of. Rest time—the intervals between actual exercises—much longer than they Mm -hmm. think, because they don't time it, you know. And then if you have your phone, you get stuck in the the phone zone where you're just scrolling, 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 and then 15 minutes goes by. Yeah, they get worse.
1: I see. I see people go to the gym and they, at the end of whatever how long they they were working out, they're not even sweating. Um, Yeah. Okay.
0: (laughs) How does that happen?
1: I know. never happens to me but I <laughs> okay. know i'm like boring yeah. like just drenched just like you know
0: and i'm focused i'm doing what i'm doing but it's intentional you know, i get it you and i have the the background we know what we're doing mm-hmm. but you know m- most of the gyms are not filled with people know what they're doing you know they're just kind of like well you know my favorite is watching people walk around and like think about it yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, they're like they're looking at a machine, and they walk to the, okay, and then you kind of look at this one, and then right back to the treadmill. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, do the treadmill it's right just
1: on. always the I'm default. I'm like, you need help. You mm-hmm. need
0: help. It's mm-hmm. okay to ask for help.
1: Yeah. Like it's, We're there, and you know, this is my job.
0: <laughs> ask me. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't, I would be very suspect if, like, I saw some surgeon looking at a bunch of tools and going, I'm not sure what to do with these. (laughs) Which one of these opens you up? I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't know. You know, it's not acceptable. No, (laughs) no, no. (laughs) You know.
1: (laughs) You want to have some type of background, some type of education. But yeah, it is what it is in the fitness industry. I think we cannot be the only people in the industry who have seen the same exact things.
0: No, no. I've talked to so many people. We're all experiencing the same delusion, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's yeah. a, the same hypnotic experience. We're like, I'm, I'm having visions yeah. of the same thing <laughs> happening at every single gym. Yep. I've ever been to it every day before this. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's. I think it's. I think we're heading the right direction. Hopefully, it's coming out more. But hopefully, those numbers will change, and more people will get into yes. it. It's just tapping into. A gigantic nation of people, how do we reach them? And I think that's the question. How do we get people to exercise Mm -hmm. regularly? And personal training has become more accessible than ever.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So
0: it's an option. It is definitely an option. And when people tell me it's all oh, it's not affordable, I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe you should have a budget and look at what you're actually spending your money mm-hmm. on.
1: Preventative care is significantly cheaper.
0: <laughs> it's Significantly cheaper. Way
1: easier to handle than post operative care.
0: <laughs> for sure. Well, Nelson, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And uh, thanks for allowing me to review your book, The uh, Fit But Poor personal trainer. And um, I think it's a great book for everybody to go out and get and read up, especially if you're in the training industry. I think you'll enjoy this conversation. Uh, I love talking to my colleagues and chatting up about fitness, exercise, wellness, and and, in this sense, financial literacy related to it. So thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank
1: you. Thank you. And have a great day.
0: All right. You too. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.